You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 256th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. From the Windy City, this is Tim Hayes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, from the, I guess, the Tea Party City. I don't know. What do you call Boston? Well, we can go to the Tea Party City. I'm just going to say, like, to all of our, to our one UK listener, the the US did their best of sipping tea today when they destroyed them in the semifinal. Yeah, that, that did happen. Uh, anyway, here over here in Boston, where I'm not enjoying tea currently, this is Spencer. Oh, Spencer, there's so much to discuss, so little time, lots of bike racing to talk about, obviously all the national championships. We have Tour de France, some Giro de Rosa action. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have unnecessary equipment press releases being sent out and uh, all types of things to discuss. But Spencer, I want to start off with one of the biggest news that hit our waves, the end of an era. (laughs) Yeah. Mark Cavendish not going to the Tour de France for Team Dimension Day. Oh, it breaks the heart, doesn't it? I mean, obviously he's been around forever. He's he's been a staple in the at the pointy end of the peloton on that on that boring first week. He knows how to make things exciting, but the biggest question left now is who will take the brunt of Peter Sagan's elbow? <laughs> Uh, Dylan Grossenwagen, gro- gro- Gronenwagen. I, I think he sure. might be a little too far up the road for the oboe. Oh, okay. Well, then it's Wild uh, Van Art. Oh, right? there you go. Like, kind of just in that secondary area. But Spencer, I mean, things must not be going well for Mark Cavendish if he can't even make the team dimension data Tour de France squad. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds pretty brutal. Um, Roman Kreisinger made the squad. Mm-hmm. Now, he did not. Now we all know Cav has had his struggles uh, for the last couple of years with some some health issues, uh, but you know he uh, he took it in stride. He took it like a pro. He had a he had a series of tweets that uh, really spelled it out, and um, you know it was like, "Hey, I'm crushed. Like I tried to be my best for this time of year, but you know, good for the team. Like I want the team to do the best possible." Blah blah blah, and you know. It's a class. It's a class. It's a far cry from the Cav that we know and love. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's just I'm kind of disappointed. I, he's not. I miss the fire. I, I like Mark Cavendish, older, more mature Mark right. Cavendish. Um. Anyway, so he's not there. So that was a little little sad. But the rest of the team start lists have started to come out. You know, and I gotta say, a little disappointed that uh, Carlos Bettencourt will not be there to. Mm showcase his skills and help Nairo Quintana and to the top step. Of obviously the in pristine form too. And I know, I, top 10 at the tour de Swiss, huge oversight on the side of, on the, on the, on the side of movie star there. Now, earlier this week, Spencer, we did our let it ride podcast over talk about rollerderby.com. Um, encourage everyone to go over there. That was kind of our attempt to preview 
the Tour yeah. de France in a way that's fun for us with our fantasy cycling. But Spencer, I continue to be a member of the Fantasy Cycling League here in or, or in Orlando where we do the drafts. Now, right. I can't do the draft this week because I'm, I'm here in Chicago on vacation. But I got a question for you. If you had first pick, would you go the Peter Sagan route? Like pretty much guaranteed green jersey, guaranteed a slew of top tens on stages. Or do you go like straight up Garrett Thomas or an all? I, I think like, like, where do you go? Like, what would be your choice yeah. if you were in my show? No, I see what you're saying. And I think, um, I think I understand your reasoning, uh, for all three of those, th- those, uh, options that you laid out. And, um, if I had the number one draft pick in a fantasy cycling draft for the tour de France, none of the three of those would be my top pick. I just, I just want to okay. put that out there. Um, Bernal could, you know, he, I could be like maybe argued into that, but I don't think so. Garrett Thomas, good pick, solid pick. Of course, Peter Sagan, totally solid pick. I don't think he's a lock for the green Jersey though. I think, I think that's going to be an interesting one in 2019. Now, who do you, who do you got up against? Oh, it, it could break so many ways. I'm, I'm very excited to see what, uh, what the upstarts like Wout Van Aert do. Um, I think there's uh there's the Alaphilippe's of the world might have something to say yeah. about this. I think uh I think I think it's going to be an interesting interesting race. Can I tell you one thing I'm really really happy about? What's that? Peter Sagan is not the national champion of um was it uh, uh, I I I, I, do, I don't know. I mean, I was looking at the results just really briefly and I'm pretty sure I saw Sagan in the number 1 slot. Yep. That was his brother. So <laughs> Peter Sagan totally orchestrated his brother's victory. Yeah. But I got to say, do you know I know why I'm really happy, Spencer? Oh, why? Because now Valverde will be the only one wearing a world championship jersey in the professional peloton at the Tour de France. That's because, true. <laughs> you know, that ugly jersey that Sagan got away with, with the really wide stripes, was a little confusing. Do you? Uh, I saw but, somewhere that this is the first time he's ever starting the Tour de France in his trade team kit. So John Senham on the uh, Facebook group hit us up. Will anyone recognize Peter Sagan? He hasn't worn a standard Jersey since 2011. That's crazy. So I think I'm curious as to, I mean, do you think he even has any for his training? Like the, he probably, they probably had to go to, I don't know, even know who their manufacturer of kit is at Bora. I, I'm not I'm sure. sure they had to like really dig up some uh, kit for him. Yeah, um, hard to say. Are you again? Because usually we just give you what the what the what the the race manufacturers give you. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. He can't. He can't even wear last year's. You know, he can't. He can just pull it out of the hamper and and go with that. He just he has no options. So maybe he can borrow some of uh, his brother's kit. So, um, how long do you think it took before a little guy called me? <laughs> About the Belgian national championship road race, um, I would say within minutes of the finish. Yeah, less than two days ago <laughs> was when the finish was, uh-huh. and almost right away, I just got this sweet message, and all it was was just a whispering, MVP, MDVP, yeah. MVP, 
MDVP, MVP. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I look, and what do you know? Tim Merlier of Corridan Circus wins the Belgian National Championship over Timothy DuPont, Wout Van Aert in third. How awesome is that? Uh, yet again, another cyclocross superstar on this Corridan team, and now they have the Belgian national champion and Matthew Vanderpool. It's pretty impressive, and uh, I mean, what's most impressive about that sprint, if you've seen the video, is is how Wout got himself boxed in because really he should have won that race, and uh, he just he just did himself in. Uh, unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time. But uh, Tim Lear. Taking advantage of a bad situation might be the first time. I'll have to check pro cycling stats or crossresults.com to see, but it might be the first time he's ever beat Walt Van Aert. Oh, yeah, probably. But what a time to yeah. do it. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty cool that he won and he he just recently signed to Oh yeah. Like Corey a month ago. Circus. Like I mean he's just he's yeah. only riding them for them for the road. He's back to his trade team for uh for cyclocross, but uh yeah, he is a he is a Showed himself to be a strong MVP. And then friend of the podcast, Taylor Jones, pointed out also that Team Bora has something like seven national champions now. Because they got yeah, they, they, the Slovakian they champion. They have five. They've got the Irish champion in Sam Bennett, right? They have the Austrian champion in Patrick Conrad. Yep. Um, and then they also have uh, the Italian champion, David Formolo. Yep. Yeah, they they, they you know Maximilian Schaumann of Germany won. I mean that's yeah, five. That's they totaled out with five. Uh Quick Step. Now let's see what Quick Step has. Quick Step has three. They only uh, came out with three, and everyone else comes out with a one. So those those two okay, teams so did, far the away. They've already got yeah. Quick Step's got three. Yeah. All right. Because they got the Belgian and the Dutch uh champion, you're right. Or a Danish champion, sorry. So okay. That's pretty impressive. Pretty anyway. good. I mean, education first only has one, but it's the one that matters. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So Alex Howes wins the U.S. Stars and Stripes National Championship jersey, mm-hmm. but and then almost instantly, couldn't wi- couldn't Facebook everywhere is going up. Spencer, is Dirty Kanza the new training for road national championships here in America? Clearly not. He couldn't win Kanza. I know, but it was just the base miles, right? Like, like he goes out there, he does that, and now he's ready. I gotta admit, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna just see even more pros over in the Kansas, in the Flint Hills of Kansas, getting ready for their national championships. Quite possibly, yeah. Maybe the uh, the alternative calendar had uh, had something to it. And then, did you see a uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Tom Schoons, with a two minute victory to win the Latvian national championship? Yeah. Yeah, as we know, that was one that's uh, been been on his uh, radar for a while. Okay, here's my question, Spencer. We've seen a lot of these national championship kits before, right? Yep. I may be most excited for what Trek Segafredo puts together for the Latvian national champion because if you look, the flag of Latvia, it's kind of got the, mm-hmm. it's almost like a maroon yep. top white middle and then a maroon bottom again mm-hmm. it kind of matches the trek jersey but it could they need to change the color just enough and then you'd have a sweet kind of team clash thing going yeah. on that you're like ooh, did tom's leave his jersey in the wash a little bit too long <laughs> like what's going on if they go that yeah. route 
there's a there's a lot of possibility there, and um, I think they have a couple things working in their favor. That a Trek has put in the effort to design kits lately, uh, which is great to see. But also, Tom's is uh, willing to try some weird things. I think, and uh, that that collabo, that hot collab, will drop uh, sometime soon. And uh, yeah, like you, I can't wait to see it. Well, it's gonna have to drop at the tour de France oh. now. That. Very excited for that. So, congrats out to Tom's yeah. uh, little guy was obviously dancing in his Sunday shoes even more with Warren Bergiel winning the French national oh, championships. So we're gonna get that a was incredible, pretty good looking French national champion kit um, for the uh, the Arkea team. Yeah. Now, have you so. have you heard the uh, special Tour de France jersey news from Yellow Lotto? No, I have not. Drop it on me, Spencer. So they have a new kit they're unveiling for the Tour de France uh, specifically. Now, it is still yellow, so not that not that much of a departure, but it's less yellow. It's more black, more pronounced black, uh, you know, still yellow front, yellow back, but much more black on the sides and arms and all that kind of uh, situation going on. So they're they're trying to dull it down a little bit or out of, out of like respect that. for the tour, I guess. Um, it's not a rule. That's one of the big common misconceptions. Everybody's always like, Oh, yellow lotto. Can't believe they they just flaunt and wear that yellow. Like Onse started this back in the day by they went swapping pink. to pink. You it know, was awesome. it was awesome, but they just did that for the publicity stunt. And obviously it worked very well. Uh, there is no rule that you can't wear a straight like a yellow kit you know there that you can't have yellow in your kit just just doing it out of uh, one of those unwritten respect for the game kind of uh, rules you know so yellow lotto sticking to that using the opportunity to uh roll out something quote unquote new kind of the same it sounds like it's going to be the same i'm a little disappointed spencer that they're not going full pink just bring that back just co-opt it but okay something else has come up we we kind of skipped over this. So with <laughs> okay. Alex Howes winning the championship down there in Knoxville yeah. for education yeah. first, um, what how messed up is this kit gonna look? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how uh, Rafa is gonna work tie dye into the American flag uh, livery here. And uh, yeah. I know that there's like standards apparently that USA Cycling has put in where they gotta follow a certain template. Uh-huh. But Spencer. Let's be honest here for a second. I'm kind of hoping this is rock racing level of national championship <laughs> kit. Yeah. Um, I mean, leave it to Rafa to throw the wheels out the window, right? Like, who's going to stop them, really? Like, they're just, they they make the kit, right? Like, I know. He is the national champion. So, whatever, what are they going to do? Fine him? You know, like 50 Swiss francs? They'll pay it. You know? Yeah, like, they probably will. I'm thinking I'm I'm envisioning some sort of Grateful Dead esque motif here with like a lot of swirls, a lot of tie dyes, something that little guy would be very excited about. So also we had the women's road race national championship in the U.S. and that was Ruth Winder of yes. uh, Trek Segafredo, oh. and she is actually going to Giro de Rosa. So yeah. we're gonna have a um, a pretty solid team there for Trek Segafredo. Um, when that race starts on the sixth, so next, uh, so that's Saturday. Um, I I already put 
25 points on Trek Segafredo over at Roller Derby, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it's Ruth Winder winning and just the, I don't know if you saw the team announcement that came from Tom Schoons was pretty hilarious. That was very good. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty excited for this team and what they're going to bring. And the best part is they're going to be so much incentives on this team to do well because Trek is actually broadcasting right. coverage of the event right. daily for an hour. So that's pretty awesome yeah. during the Tour de France on their website for free. So I know this sounds like an ad for Trek, but it's kind of hard not to do it when they're giving you free cycling content and it's women's bike racing, which promises to be usually better than the men's a lot of the time. Especially that first week of the Tour. Um, yeah. So that, that alignment works out pretty well for the Giro Rosa. But um, speaking of her win, Ruth's win at U.S. Nats, uh, I don't know if you w- had a chance to watch that or if you were, I think you were traveling uh, up there to your vacation at the time, but that race was stellar. Um, if uh, if anybody, I think it's uh, archived on YouTube there on the USA Cycling channel. You guys should go check it out if you need some uh, some material to watch. Um, it's a it's a very good chase uh to the finish she gets caught by a couple uh chasers and then it splits up again and comes back together and splits up and then the peloton's coming and are they going to catch her and like it comes down to the wire and it's a very good race uh even if you know who won so check that one out well then you got so it was corinne rivera um coming up there at the end to almost catch her but well, yeah, I'll have to check that out, Spencer. I was traveling, so it was pretty cool to see that Ruth won and obviously hitting some good form going into the biggest stage race on the women's calendar. So very exciting um, times indeed. So we're very happy for that. But yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty uh, eventful national championship kit or uh, weekend. Lots of good kits will be at the Tour de France naturally. Oh, yeah. Um, so overall, I'm looking forward to the tour. Uh, Spencer, yeah. Off the top of your head, what else you got? Do you do you, do you have a podium that you're willing to share? Well, yeah, I, f- I feel up? like we got off. We went on a tangent somewhere around minute one, and we've ended yeah, yeah. up here because yeah, yeah. you asked me, uh, uh, you know, who who I forget, like, oh, who you should draft first in your in your yeah, Tour de France, yeah. and I, I, I never really got to answer that question. Um, yeah, I got us on Segway Street. Yeah, you got quick. us down Segway Street, and we've taken a couple wrong turns, and we've ended up back where we began uh, here. Where I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I, I have come full circle. I did not believe this even as recently as maybe two weeks ago, but now I am fully, 100% in belief that Nairo Quintana is gonna win this Tour de France. Yes. I, 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 I hate to admit that you've been on this train the whole time. But I think it's just dumb luck that you're correct in this. Um, and mine is based on analytics and, and, you know, a little bit of gut instinct. But there's a lot of high mountains in the last week on this route. It's going to be very, very tough. I think uh, I think Quintana's got the right level of experience, the right level of, mm, let's just say, lowered competition in some aspects, even though it, there is plenty of competition. Uh and um, I think he can bring it to Bernal. I don't think Bernal uh, has what it takes to dispatch Quintana. Okay, a couple things here. One, well done, Spencer. I like how you have jumped on the Nairo victory train. Yeah. Um, I must admit, I'm surprised that for you, putting so much faith into a guy that you don't even feel is a surefire first ballot <laughs> hall of famer in the slow ride podcast cycling. No, and I still don't, but if he wins this tour, 
He might be. Spencer. This guy is a, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a multi-time Grand Tour winner, but that's a tangent. That being said, I'm very excited for Nairo. I think that, again, this is the only opportunity he has left to win the Tour de France. Yes. Next year, Bernal is going to be 23. I will be putting lots of points on Nairo Quintana to win the Tour de France over yep. on Roller Derby. However, I'm also going to be betting a fair amount of points on Garrett Thomas to win just because Team Sky is Team Sky. Yep. They're owned by the Plastics Baron now. They went from Rupert to this other guy. I just, it's tough to bet against the bad guys. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's one way to do it, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think those Wiley veterans like Quintana and like Nibali uh, actually will both see this as a great opportunity and they're both going to, they're, they're sneaky enough. They're savvy enough to ride into form by week three, let these kids tire themselves out and, uh, and just take minutes back from people. I just want to point out Nairo's team for the tour is amazing. He's got Landa yeah. who has gone all in to helping out Nairo, right? Yep. Valverde, who um, Johnny Hanal hits us up uh, and lets us know a cyclingweekly.com article that Alejandro Valverde says he's the thinnest he's ever been ahead of the Tour de France. And this is a guy that just signed a two-year contract extension. Yeah. So you know Valverde is doing well. You've got Marc Soler, always there. Yep. Oliveira, the Portuguese climber. And then you got Andre Almador as well. Um, you know I've always been on the Almador train. Yeah. Very exciting times there. I There's a roller derby prop right now of who's going to be the top Colombian because there's four fantastic Colombians in the tour this year. All are arguably their team leaders. You have Nairo. Rigoberto Uran, and then obviously you have um, Bernal. Yep. So it's, and uh, Sergio uh, Hernal over at UAE Team Emirates. So, I mean, you've got some stacked riders in here. I just, Nairo's team is pretty damn strong. It is, it is a very strong team. It may be stronger than Ineos. Um, I guess that's kind of the argument every year is, is who, who brings more firepower, you know, but without Froome, uh, without that, that little extra oomph, I I gotta I gotta tip the scales to Movie Star this year for sure. Um, the only way to make this better is to add a little gummy bear, and uh, <laughs> but I don't even know who you'd take out of that squad to put him in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So anyway, um, that's very exciting. I, I I'm I'm keen on the Tour de France uh, starting up here uh, in a couple days' time. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm definitely but- the most excited for a Tour de France that I've been in a few years. I, w- I will say that. Okay. The one thing I want to talk about before we get into the Prime lap, though, Spencer, has Team Ineos taken it too far with this muck-off sponsorship, like 6,000-pound or dollar-pound uh, chain? Did you hear about this? I save them yeah. 10 watts. 10 watts for 6,000 pounds. Yeah, that's a, that, that ratio is not great. Not great for anyone. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who benefits from that. You know, like, okay, Munkoff's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of column inches here written about them, a lot of digital uh, press, but, um, 
I don't think they're going to make any sales. Okay, (laughs) we're talking about Muckoff supposedly has this chain that takes hours to put together because you have to bake and heat up the oven, the lube to penetrate all of the bushings of the chain, which eventually is going to make it a very smooth drive train, which saves you 10 watts. They used this for Bradley Wiggins back in the day, and they claimed that it gave him an extra 300 meters for when he won the nat- or the hour record over then movie star writer Alex Dowsett. Okay, all that being said, I'm kind of disappointed in Muckoff because I thought that they were the really cool company out there because they just had the full face helmet sponsorship of all the downhill guys, so they were like always really well done placement and that horrible logo that looks just ripped off of a. Uh, you know, like the back of a uh, like a bumper sticker kind of like bus thing. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're they're dirtying the waters of hanging out with Ineos to this like science level, <laughs> like a six thousand pound chain. Well, see, that's it, a heavy chain, Spencer. It is a heavy chain. Now I don't know if that's in. I don't know how many ounces that is, but uh, or grams. But um, you know, somebody will do the math on that for me. The the thing about it is, is if you have a six thousand dollar chain, what other Peloton, what other team in the Peloton are you going to sell that to? But it, I mean, it has to be Ineos. They they they're the only team with the budget, right? That is true. They are the only ones with with the budget. I just like you're not selling that to Direct Energy. You know so what I mean? Maybe the better question, Spencer, is what is the next product? Mm-hmm that's going to be taken to this level where it's just too expensive. Like, are we talking like pedal bearings, right? Like we already know ceramic bearings exist, but what about ceramic pedal bearings? No, I mean, I think you need uh, like new silk tubulars that are made straight from like some Argentine spider that's only found in the rainforest. Uh, use use their silk and they're they're very venom venomous. So like you know, a couple <laughs> of guys died trying to get enough silk for these tires, and but they do save you six and a half watts over forty k in perfect conditions. So, eh. I just I just can't wait to see someone on a group ride with some kind of chain that's like this, right? Like some kind of just setup where, oh man, I've I've got the six thousand dollar chain. Um, anyway, oh, maybe I'll so, just go with the silk sew-ups yeah. and that would be uh, way cooler. But, um, first, first guy to walk into a bike shop who, uh, after buying a $6,000 chain and, uh, and a mechanic looking at it and being like, wow, you, you rode this for like a couple hundred miles and didn't, didn't lube it once. Did you jerk? <laughs> so Spencer, let's talk about team Subweb going into the tour to France their leader is a little-known sprinter, Michael Matthews. Hi, my name is Lotta Lefiste, and I'm listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. This podcast is supported by Health IQ a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get a free quote or check out their life insurance FAQ to get your questions answered. Spencer, we have had Health IQ as a sponsor of the podcast for so many, for a long time. 
Yeah. Multiple years, like over a year for sure, because they continue to get special rates for all types of athletes, especially those that are active and health conscious people. And that is what makes them a little bit different because of that, you know, their own research has shown that through exercise, you're going to have a much lower cancer risk. You're going to have a lower heart risk, and you're also going to have much lower risk of an early death, which makes you a much better candidate for life insurance. But take it from me, you need life insurance because who knows what's going to happen at any time. So you got to take care of your loved ones. Yeah, you could um, be uh, give it up to Health IQ. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, you can be. You can make a good poster for them. Um, we may want to get in touch with their marketing department, see if they uh, see if they need to need some headshots from you or something. I think that could oh. be a good revenue stream for you for uh, building up the old college fund there for a little Heimar. That's a pretty good idea. I like yeah. that, Spencer. But uh, yeah, head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get a free quote and check out uh, all the info that you could possibly want about life insurance because, yeah. again, it's an important thing to have. Um, and with that, uh, we'd like to thank their continued sponsorship. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and thanks to everybody that does check them out. We really appreciate that. Um, we also are brought to you this week by Whoop. Uh, you've heard us Whoop. talk talk about them before. Yeah, Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com. They are a fitness tracker um, that you wear on your wrist, uh, and they're changing the way that folks are tracking fitness and optimizing their training, which is you know, something that you probably need to do if you're listening to this podcast. I'm guessing things are not optimal for you. Um, Whoop, what they do is they provide a, a heart rate monitor that pairs to uh, an app on your phone and it gives you analytics about uh, your recovery, about the strain you're putting on your body and about your sleep, which are a lot of, it's, it's a lot more flushed out than a lot of the other apps out there and a lot of the other things you can get. So you're getting a full picture and, uh, and you can really get the most out of the training that you're doing, which is great. Um, so anyway, the whoop, uh, strap 3.0 is out. This is a thing that you go to their website, whoop.com and, uh, pick out the one that, uh, looks best to you, uh, get your color scheme going, just dial it in just right. They send you that strap for free and then you sign up for a service, um, and we can save you 15% on that by using the code SLOWRIDE at checkout. Uh, and that'll get you 15% off that 12 or 18 month membership, whichever one you do. And uh, I think you are going to enjoy it. Um, this Major props to Whoop for coming out and uh, so easy to use, very uh, yeah. low key, yeah. but it uh, provides so much important data. So once again, thanks to Whoop, just use code SLOWRIDE at checkout. Yep, tons of great feedback on that one. And uh, finally, uh, Shred Science Nutrition, a uh, personal favorite of mine, uh, something that I've personally used and saw great results from. Um, nutrition. I saw, I saw it firsthand because they did a great job of basically dialing in your entire diet, right? They yeah. they took a look at what you were doing and then they pretty much said, you're doing all this wrong. Follow us. We're, we're the leaders here. We're going to tell you well, no. um, what's what's the best thing to uh, Actually, that's fuel your body. Completely wrong. They, they didn't tell me any of that. They, um, they, that's, that's the nice thing about shred science nutrition and their platform. Uh, their strategy is they give you a custom program for each person. When you sign up, you're filling out this giant questionnaire. You're, you're giving them all the information about what you're doing, what your goals are, what you're eating currently, what, how much you're riding. And they build a, a custom nutrition plan for you to help you meet your goals going forward. Yes. 
uh, and break that down into uh, your macros, what you're looking for as far as carbohydrates, fats, and um, uh, proteins. Um, so anyway, what you get from that, having that dialed thing and following that plan uh, is you get more overall energy, more uh, energy for your training. You get improved recovery, which you can track on Whoop with your Whoop strap. Um, you're going to have dramatically improved uh, uh, intensity for your races and your performance, whatever sport it is that you're doing. You're going to get improved body composition. You're going to lose fat, lean out, and you're going to have a much better power to rate ratio. So instead of spending $6,000 on a chain to save yourself 10 watts, you could just sign up for some shred science, get shredded, and produce those watts yourself and buy a $20 chain. <laughs> That's um, a way easier way to think of it. But it's uh, it's much easier, really, yeah. and easier to explain to your accountant and your tax people as well. <laughs> so head over to shredsciencenutrition.com. Check out the programs they have. I vouch for this. It's uh it's great. Um and uh and and if you want to dig back in the archives of Cyclocross Radio, uh Carrie, the owner, did an interview with Bill on there a while ago. Uh that is really, really good. So check that out shredsciencenutrition.com and uh, Tim I think it's time to get back to the show Hi I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling and I don't listen to the Flow Ride podcast Spencer as you just heard, we were very lucky to get a great email this week from friend of the podcast, Michael Stone. Hello, chaps. You're north- northwest of England correspondent reporting. After a week of not feeling well, I've managed to drag myself out to the local club ride and what passes for a summer day. Imagine <laughs> my surprise when a rider wearing the Education Fit First kit turned up at the cafe stop. It turned out to be... Mi- uh, Sorry, local lad Hugh Carthy having a raft at rest after his recent exertions. Despite me congratulating him on a win in the Dauphiné instead of the Tour de Swiss, Oops. at least I got 11th in the Giro, correct? <laughs> he came over and had a chat with us. Nice bloke. What's more, when I cheekily asked him if he listened to the pod, he said he didn't listen to pods, period. I said that's even better. Anyway, when I mentioned Mitch Docker had been on the show, he kindly agreed to record something for the pre-lap, which I sent. So, Mike, thanks for that. It's always nice to hear from uh, professional cyclists that don't listen to the podcast. Yep, yep. And I'm glad that our UK correspondent was out there putting in the work that we've been paying him uh, for so many years to do and uh, finally producing something amazing. So thank you. Hey, guys. You are totally missing out on the whole vintage climb frame to add to your stable. Psychedelic color schemes are old hat. You need to keep up with the hipsters and start searching for the mantra. This is a climb worth the effort. Isolated rear triangle. Let's turn your single speed dual squishy. Uh-huh. Nothing better. Loyal listener, Doug Vreeling. Oh, Doug. Every, I would say, what, what is this? Once a quarter, Spencer, we get these, uh, these emails about the old, uh, Klein mantra. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we conveniently have to forget that the Klein mantra ever existed for about another quarter. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it does say Klein on it. It is beautiful. It is one of those bikes. When I do see someone riding a mantra, I always like 
I want to talk to them, but then I remember that they're riding a mantra for a reason that I will, like they want me to talk to them that bad. That's why they're riding that bike. That is the thing about that right? bike, isn't it? Like I've been trying to been... talk to you about the bike. Yeah. Cause they know they're on, they know they're on the Clyde mantra. So it's kind of like, the thing is, do you really want to talk to that guy that really wants to talk to you about how yeah. cool their bike is? I fall after I, working in a bike shop and owning a bike shop. I have fallen down this rabbit hole many times. Cyclists really like to talk about their bikes. And sometimes you can get in a good conversation. But if it's a mantra, you're going to have a very long conversation. I get about it. That I bike. get it. But here's the thing. I hear what you're saying and I agree. But how different, like, this guy could be on a soft ride, but instead he chose a mantra. Doesn't that give him some level of like, oh, okay, all right, I see what you did there. You're a it's weirdo. Like half a step up on the soft ride. Yeah, like you're you're a total weirdo freak of nature, but you've got some sense of like I mean, what's kind of cool. It's a half step up on a soft ride, and maybe half a step behind a penny farling. Because <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure a mantra rider probably also has a desire to ride a penny farling in traditional garb around. I don't know. I don't. I I think. I think of a mantra rider as more of someone that, uh, you know, wants to put on the old Daft Punk outfit and put neon lights on their bike and like pretend they're on a light cycle. They're, they're all about the future, not the past. I will say this. The only saving grace of the mantra is that it was like quadruple the size of surface for the paint job. Oh, right. (laughs) I mean that, that had to be the point, right? You could bring that bike to the mall and get a pretty sweet airbrush job on the side of the Matra fuselage that uh, was the, <laughs> was the top tube. Yeah, for sure. So, thanks for that, uh, Nate Chenko. Chenenko, sorry, checks in. Now that Docker's in the wide angle podium family, I propose a Trojan horse attack. Have Docker contact Hincappy to be on the Docker podcast. Hey, Big George, I'm a current pro tour rider. You've heard of. I'd love for you to be on my podcast. <laughs> when Big George joins, you ambush him with a one-two punch. Sure, it torches the brand, but really, what do you have to lose? This could be good. Now, we, we've been in contact to get Hincappy on the show, but it just never seems to work out. So maybe we do need uh, Mitch to step up and, and make yeah. sure this happens. He's a, he's a slippery one, that George. <laughs> Matt Baldwin checks in from Florida. Hey guys, just started out the pod this week and I heard Spencer say that Pro isn't available anymore. I bought the DVD years ago, but obviously lost track over the years. I spent some time doing some deep digging on the interwebs and found the full movie on YouTube. So pretty awesome for that. Thanks for the link, Matt. Awesome. I can't count how many times I've watched this. The arrogance in Chris Horner's interviews (laughs) is only topped by the most amazing 45 seconds in bike history at exactly... One hour, 31 minutes, 30 seconds with Horner's ascent on the Maniac Wall. Horner's move on the wall will go down in Philly history. For the first time ever, one rider is attacking. Lap 10, bottom to top. Yep. Um, Just for reference, I know you guys (laughs) thought that I was, that the narrator of that movie was actually on the podcast. It wasn't. It was just me um, reliving that moment. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't cut that in. That was actually Tim. Yes, that did. And the montage has moto and overhead shots along with early 2000 rock rock soundtrack. 
Love ah. those early interviews with Young Krieg, SoPro Jones, Eric Saunders. Awesome. Also went to Apopka a few weeks ago after hearing you talk about it on the pod. Who knew Central Florida had some great gravel grinding? Well, Matt, thanks again for the pod. <laughs> Pretty stoked to see that uh, sweet link for the um, the Philly Pro and the, the movie Pro. But uh, yeah, thanks again. Spencer, we finally yeah. got to the point where we have a question that needs to be answered. This comes from Florian Abrahamson, who we know is in Pensacola. Recently, I got passed by two riders wearing the Sagan World Champ kit top to bottom by about a com- kilometer an hour faster. So barely a full pass. Now, I do have immediately have a question, Spencer. If you yeah. saw two riders wearing the Sagan World Champ kit on the same ride, like uh. two of them together, like twinsies, how would you react to that? I've, I think I would just have to sit up Hands off the bars and just clap. I, <laughs> I kind of want to see the photo. Of it this. is beautiful. Like the the gall to wear a full world championship kit on its own. Like it takes a lot. But then, you know, if you see somebody doing that, your first reaction is like, ugh, you know, but two of them. Well, that's a, like that's the, a, that's a whole nother level. Is it like when that that gif that goes around on Twitter every now and then when Spider Man sees Spider Man, like right? Like uh, if you show up at the if you show oh, up at man. the uh, do you, the do group you think ride, they you think they don't know each other and they just ran into each other at the coffee shop and were like, hey, nice kit, I, you want to go for a ride? I if I showed up in a pro team kit. Now I'm a fan of the pro team kit. I like the movement, the making yep. pro team kits cool again. If I showed up at a ride. And someone else is wearing the same exact world champion pro team kit that I not that I would ever wear this, but if I would turn around and leave before they saw me. So so put it this way: if you showed up in your full pink Giro d'Italia uh, liquid gas Daniello De Luca kit, classic, which you do classic own, kit, Spencer. Every May I bring that thing out. Yeah. So if you showed up to the group ride with that, and someone else also had that kit, you would leave. I'm. I think so. I think I think I would wait for everybody appreciate. to like be rolling out together. I'd show up and be like, "Oh, see you guys later," and then I'd just leave. I it would be uh, a grand exit. I think you two would need to hit the front of the pack and just set the pace. <laughs> like team leaders coming through. But, well, race leader, because here's the thing though: is that there can only be one leader on a group ride. So if I show up on the group ride in the full Maglia Rosa, mm-hmm. and then I'm like sitting eighth wheel. All of a sudden, people think we're actually in the Giro d'Italia. You know what I mean? Like people looking around, they're like, "Oh, well, there's the there's the race leader." Yeah, no, I okay. know, and that's that's what's great is is uh, they're gonna let you sit in. They're gonna know, oh, that's the race leader. He doesn't need to do any work, and uh, and also you can send your other race leader up the road, uh, <laughs> so, and they won't know who is who. Florian continues. Couldn't look at that kit from behind and decided to gun it and to drop them. This is what should always be done to dudes wearing full pro kit. My question is, how should I treat other cyclists wearing full pro kit? They don't have to have matching shoes, helmet, or bike. I feel I have to go all in and not leave, and if not, leave that pro kit at home and ride it on your trainer. So basically he's saying, if you're not wearing the matching shoes, helmets, like the full team kit, don't wear it out in public at all. How do that's, you feel on that? That's crazy. 
Uh, I, I gotta say, um, I've owned. You gotta have a helmet that matches it, though. Like, you don't want a red helmet and it's like the, yeah, the quick yeah, step. Yeah, I mean, but at like, the same time, like, if you're gonna if if you're a cycling fan and you're gonna buy your quick step kit and you're gonna buy your your lotto yellow lotto kit, you're not gonna buy another pair of shoes and another helmet to match each one whatever <laughs> one you're gonna happen to wear. You know, you're just gonna get the black helmet and it's gonna work with both, and the black shoes and it's gonna work with both, and that's fine. Like nobody expects you to go toe to tip like quick step. You know, you, you'd never go full quick step, but. I have owned several pro team kits. I own a couple now to this day. Like back in the day, I probably wouldn't have worn them in my younger years, but I got them. Uh, they kind of fell off the truck there in the warehouse at uh, World Cycling. Uh, so I, I had a CSC kit and I had... Um, you had a Credit Agricole kit, right? I had a Credit Agricole kit, which I think yeah. I still have down at the bottom of a box somewhere. Um, you but I, bust I that one out. yeah, I just recently got a Trek Segafredo kit. Um, so I've got that and I've, I've, you know, I've got a few others in the, in the, on the shelf. So I am not poo-pooing that. I think anybody, you know, like you buy a soccer kit, you buy your football jersey, you buy your hockey jersey, like whatever people support the teams that they like. And that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm going to re- rehash this whole argument. It's been, it's been had all over Twitter and everything yeah. else, but but that's also a personal preference. If you don't want to wear a kit, that's fine. Don't, you know, like, and, uh, but as far as dropping folks in, in pro tier kits, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most folks out there just riding around in a pro team kit, you probably won't have too much trouble dropping them. Um, now that's not always going to be the case, but I think more often than not, um, Maybe you're patting yourself on the back a little bit there for uh, <laughs> dropping old, you know, Mister Never Raced Before out on this casual Sunday ride. Do you? I I think the only way that I I still want to go back to just two guys, I guess two <laughs> women. It could be whoever just wearing matching World Championship kits. That's uh, amazing. I'm kind it's of so thinking good. Spencer for our assault on the Natchez Trace um, ride uh-huh. in Mississippi, right? What if we all showed up wearing a world championship kit? That would be pretty awesome. Like you have just 10 different versions of the world championship kit riding up the side of that parkway. Well, That'd the problem is, is that, you know, no one would get it, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to want really the fun. Sagan world championship kit. And, you know, little guy's going to probably go for like a Greg Lamont or something weirder. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I don't know what world you I mean, I know what world championship kit you're going to get. You it's, it's the current <laughs> one. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, I mean, I probably want to go Tom Boone and, you know, actually oh, if I think about good. it. Um, but anyway, I digress. It would be cool. I think, I think, I think multi-world championships kits, yeah, you, it's just something you never see. I've never considered it before. I've never even thought that it could happen. <laughs> like my, my my mind is actually blown yeah, over here. I'm still trying to process this. It's I, incredible. I wonder what people would wear. But anyway, so uh, before we uh, get going here, Spencer, I um, in the uh, in the interest of uh, time, I you know as I was waiting for you to to log on, I was over at RollerDerby.com and I got a really oh. good laugh when I logged into the. The only proposition I want to talk about today, um, because we covered so much of it on the Let It Ride, but we did. Of these riders, who will be the first to abandon the Tour de France? (laughs) Who do you think is the four to one favorite? (laughs) Like, oh oh man, everybody. Like, there's some really long odds. 
like Wad Van Aert is at eight to one. He's not even the favorite. I think that Wad Van Aert abandoning the Tour de France has actually got a pretty good chance here uh, because you know those those old school team directors are like, oh, we don't want to ruin it. Right. Man, I don't know who's Richie who's the lead. Like I, I logged in, I just kind of started laughing, like just like a pity laugh. I was like, "Man, that's very good. How awesome would it be if Richie Port actually wins the tour? Like that would be pretty awesome." But then I'm just like seeing this, and I'm like, "Man, the roller derby fans—they just—they just have no faith." Savage, yeah. So. I I love it. Roller derby. If you haven't checked it out, do it. Uh, it's a wide angle podium offshoot uh, thing that we've going on. It's free to play. No cost at all. You're playing with fake internet points, uh, and you're doing it for, uh, for bragging rights. So, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> with that, Spencer, I I have nothing else. Do you have anything else on your agenda that you want to get to? No, we are just eagerly anticipating the start of the Tour de France 2019. It's a big year. It's Nairo's year, or you know somebody <laughs> else's year. I don't even know. Uh, we're excited for this one. More excited than we've been in the past for a Tour de France. And, uh, man, yeah, just chomping at the bit. Um, I think, you know, once you get off vacation, once you're well-rested, once your uh, recovery is, your whoop strap is telling you that you're up up to date and good to go, we're going to be pumping out some uh, Tour de France um, content uh, as often as we can. I think we're going to try and churn these out more than once a week if we can here. Maybe some shorter filler episodes. So uh, look forward to that and um, trying trying to do all this work. And uh, yeah, so thanks to all the supporters and listeners that have gone over to WideAnglePodium.com. Head over there to find out more on how to support the family of podcasts. We'd also like to thank Whoop for their support. Head on over to Whoop.com to find out um, what they can do for you. All you need to do is use the code SLOWRIDE at checkout to save 15%. Yep. We'd also like to thank the continued support of HealthIQ.com slash WAP. Head over there to find out how to save some money on your life insurance. Once again, that's healthiq.com slash WAP. And finally, major props to shredsciencenutrition.com for their continued support. Uh, let's also thank uh, BK1 for uh, of Rhymesayers Entertainment for our intro and outro music. Uh, as always, Crush Nate. With that, Spencer, we encourage everyone to email us and to also Tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod or email us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your um, podcasts. We appreciate that. Help people find the show. And with that, I'm Tim in Chicago. And I am Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.